0: Welcome to the VA hsr and Investigator Insights podcast series. In this episode, research content editor Maria Hecht talks with Laurel Copeland, research scientist with the VA Central and Western Massachusetts Healthcare System. They're discussing her work in the area of understanding new women veterans' use of VA and or community care. I'm
1: Laurel Copeland. I'm a research scientist at the VA Central Western Massachusetts Healthcare System. I work in the research service in the Medical Center in Leeds, Massachusetts. And this is a relatively new research service that was uh, developed since 2011 by Christian Maddox. I was actually the first uh, health scientist uh, hired there. I arrived in July of 2016. After 12 years in uh, Texas, I was in both South Texas and Central Texas VAs, and before that, eight years in the VA Ann Arbor.
0: Great. Thanks so much. So um, just generally speaking, you know, what drew you to the VA? You've got some extensive experience being in the VA. You've been in South Texas. You're now in Western Massachusetts. And... And, and specifically to VA and its health services research program. So how did you get here?
1: How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, working as a research assistant in the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And uh, I had acquired some data skills at that point. Um, along the way, I completed my master's of public health and started on my doctoral studies. And in about 1996, I saw a job posting for a data uh, analyst position within VA Ann Arbor. And the job was in Serious Mental Illness Treatment Research and Evaluation Center, SMITRAC, mm-hmm. which is still funded today.
0: So what about VA keeps you here?
1: I really like the topic area, the substantive area of mental health, um, as a sort of a, an overriding comorbidity that the veterans can sometimes have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And also uh, I was very enchanted by the quality of the databases.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of people who want to kind of deal with a very data-rich environment um, and a very deep, data-rich environment are attracted to VA's um, extensive one because yeah. it is the only integrated healthcare system in the country, and so there are some unprecedented and really very unique opportunities for someone to evaluate a very long time stream yes. of information, which which must be exciting. So it
1: is, yeah. and we did get involved in the um, Healthcare Systems Research Network. Which had formerly been HMORN, mm-hmm. the HMO Research Network, and that attempted to do, outside of a federal system, what the VA had been doing since the 80s, mm-hmm. um, by bringing large healthcare systems together, mm-hmm. and the healthcare systems had embedded researchers, and we, the the goal was to use the big data from these large systems, together to conduct public domain research. You have been
0: looking at a study about new women veterans and their use of VA versus non-VA health care. So sort of if you could just sort of briefly describe why women veterans who are new to VA services might use it and sort of why they might not use VA.
1: When the women veterans get out of military service, they, they have a full plate of practical and psychological issues to contend with. So they're coming out, they need to line up a job, they need to line up housing, they need to kind of figure out a new way of interacting with their families and deal with a different social milieu uh, compared to when the military manage their day-to-day lives. Um, so I, I think part of that transition process is uh, necessarily putting together health care for themselves and possibly for other family members. And time is very short. and um, But still, uh, expertise is very important, especially if they're dealing with serious mental health issues. And so I think if the VA is convenient, and the women feel they get good care, that that will be an attractant. Um, but it's also important that they not feel hassled when they go to the VA. Um, and so if all those things are in place, then they might choose the VA. Mm-hmm. I bring up the issue of getting hassled at the VA because harassment of women veterans and of women working in the VA, women's staff, has been a very important topic that we've been discussing lately. Um, women in all roles need to be able to utilize the VA without receiving comments about their appearance or their imagined intent. Um, and in a male-dominated environment, this has really proven to be a very significant goal, possibly I should say challenge. Um, it's something that people are working on, and I appreciate uh, all of the efforts. Yes, so among the women veterans that we surveyed in the Veterans Metrics Initiative, we noticed that 75% used health care in the first 15 months after separation from the military, but only 50% used the VA health care.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's a pretty big number. That's a big
1: difference. So we need to really think about two different groups when we're thinking about women veterans who aren't using the VA. We need to think about the ones who aren't using the VA but are getting health care elsewhere. We need to think about those who aren't getting healthcare at
0: all. And it's interesting you bring up the issue of stranger harassment because some of uh, your VA, HSR, D colleagues have just released a pretty big um, study on the issue of stranger harassment, and unfortunately, it is a major issue. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it is extremely off-putting, so if you are not getting care at the VA may be one of your only opportunities to get care. Mm -hmm. Are you getting care at all? Mm -hmm. So that's a big big issue, and um, it's interesting to see the dovetail between um, the concurrence between the work that you're doing and the harassment issue.
1: That's a good point. Uh, When we were at the the Central Texas VA in Temple, Texas, uh, we were moving... You know, you always have a problem with structures, you know, buildings. Where can we put this clinic and that clinic? We're moving uh, some of the um, the military sexual trauma, the MST counseling, to uh, actually a part of the DOM.
0: The DOM is the domiciliary or the residential rehabilitation wing.
1: Where uh, mostly the patients were uh, recovering male alcoholics. And because of uh, some sort of restriction on... What type of doors you can have mm-hmm. in use? The women had to go through the dom, to the, like the common areas of the dom, to get mm-hmm. to counseling, and and it was very off putting.
0: Wow! It sounds like there might be an interesting partnership between. Uh potential architecture and yes. research yes. because as we all know when architects design spaces they're designing them to be you know utilized in a very certain way yes. and the form and the function
1: yes. go
0: together so i wonder if there's some sort of natural affinity but that's another research question for another day no, i totally <laughs>
1: agree and and the the stakeholders and the architects are working to address this exact type of structural problem in fact in our um, Leeds va we just renovated a very old building, it's a set of very old buildings, um, to house um, essentially the DOM there. It's really a PTSD inpatient treatment unit, mm-hmm. and they designed a, a separate women's w- wing that has appropriate mm-hmm. privacy and separation. For, so that, so right. this will be the first time we can actually provide inpatient treatment to women who have PTSD.
0: Was there a particular finding that was very surprising for you uh, in this work?
1: Yes. uh, I think the connection between housing instability and use of health care was most surprising to me. That is, um, it's not not surprising that people who are concerned about whether they have housing next month don't go to the doctor. That's not surprising. But why would that relationship only arise for the women veterans and not for the men? So, uh, you know, is it because their housing insecurity is more persistent, so Uh you see the effect, or Uh, Are the male veterans somehow getting the help they need more quickly? Um, Are the male veterans using the VA outreach to homeless veterans more effectively? Or is the type of outreach or the services provided somehow working better for the males than for the females? So I did find this result to be very thought-provoking.
0: Yeah, that really is because then you also can uh, think about potential ramifications for uh, women who may have experienced um a military sexual uh trauma incident who may then be um more prone to potentially an abusive relationship after mm. discharge mm. which could conceivably contribute to housing instability in that role. So, you know, it's an interesting question. But yeah, that is a sort of a surprising finding. Yeah. And then of course those wraparound services. Uh is there gender bias involved in how we approach our male veterans? Uh, are we, you know, unconsciously embedding more services in, for them as opposed to looking at women veterans as, oh, well, aren't they getting the same services? Well, no, maybe they're not. So it's a very surprising right. question.
1: And it's often not an intentional bias. It's uh, because services and ways of delivering those services develop based on who your clients are. But mm-hmm. when your client base changes. Right. It, it, there's a mismatch.
0: Of course. And, you know, organizations are large and don't necessarily change quickly, mm-hmm. and so which is, of course, one of the things with uh, our query counterparts that we're trying to change and mm-hmm. be a little bit more nimble and implement yeah. more quickly. So based on the outcome of your work, sort of what would you like to see happen? Changes in policy, an implementation change, a practice change? Is there something ultimately you'd love to say, in my ideal world I'd love to have X happen, mm-hmm. or X be the outcome? Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see the researchers
1: working with leadership to delve into this question about housing insecurity amongst new veterans, which was reported by 10 to 12% of our cohort of 10,000.
0: That's a Um, pretty big number. It
1: it was surprising to me, yeah, and particularly when when the research is being conducted to include the gender question because Mm -hmm. obviously there is a difference in um, where where the correlations are. We need to know why they're affected differently from men. And of course, I hope that the stakeholders will continue to work on making VA a place that's welcoming to women veterans, and that they do continue to work on restructuring buildings to accommodate women in a way that makes them feel safe and, and, and respected. I do work with veterans who are uh, employed in mm-hmm. research, and I'd like to have access to veterans' points of view um, because it helps keep the research relevant, obviously. Uh, Also, my dad was a veteran of World War II with Navy, and he died last Christmas Eve at 92. And he was a great source of inspiration. Uh, But I have many other veterans within the VA to help me try and keep my research real.
0: That's great. And I think keeping the research real is such a great way to frame it because if you're not really in touch with those stakeholders, and they are really the ultimate end user of all of the information that we do here in HSR&D, the views and opinions expressed in the preceding podcast are concerned with the scope of recently concluded or ongoing VA HSRD funded research and do not necessarily reflect current or to be implemented VA policy. To learn more about this research, visit the VA HSRD website at www.hsrd.research.va.gov.